All right. Thank you, local Philadelphia area. That was Carly Rae Jepsen with Call Me Maybe. Um, that is a hit single. And we are here. And happy Thanksgiving. Or should I say a Thanksgiving Eve? Um, this is live radio or live podcast. So when you hear this, the days don't really matter. But today is Monday. We're one day earlier. And I'm here with my co-star and guest, Mr. Hunter the Consumer. I was hoping you were going to call me KJ Boone, but I, I like I like the lead in with the with the FM radio. You know what I mean? It felt very fresh, right? You're hip, you're hot. I, I did want to touch on you mentioned Carly Rae Jepsen. Somebody told me she's making a comeback, and you she released a new album or something, or she's she's got some songs. Somebody said that in the office like last week, and yeah. I I didn't look into it, but I'm curious now. Carly Rae Jepsen, I have zero clue. I know Megan Trainer hangs around. I know she's got some good stuff, and she <laughs> sure. dates. Excuse me. She's married to the kid from Spy Kids. Oh, Junie, the boy, the the boy, the little ginger boy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah Junie, yeah. Junie Cortez. Okay, and he still looks the same. So I saw them as older. It was a little odd. Yeah, Do you, you know. Also, speaking of Kyrie Chips, you think she's loaded because of because of her song? Yeah, I feel like that song was almost too popular. She had two hits, right? Did she have? She did. Uh, Call yeah. me maybe, and it's Friday. Is that both Kylie Rae Jepsen? It's Friday. It's Friday's not. Rebecca, it's not. That's a Rebecca thing. Black. Rebecca Black. Yeah, but Carly Rae Jepsen, she's got Call Me Maybe. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, Rebecca Black, Carly Rae Jepsen, Megan Trainer, all the same thing. Doesn't really <laughs> Judy matter. Cortez. Yeah. We're here on What Are You Watching? Episode twenty something. So let's kick it. We are tonight's entertainment. I'm not going to stop the wheel. I'm going to break the wheel. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. All right, and we are here today to talk about Carly Rae Jepsen and Lord of the Rings Return of the King. But more importantly, Carly Rae Jepsen did uh, confirm, just released an album, and we believe she's going on tour. She's also Canadian, um, <laughs> which I feel like a lot of famous people more and more are becoming Canadian. Yeah, um, they're spearheading and, some kind of charge on, on American culture. I don't know if I like it. I think I dislike it. I feel like once you say once Canadians get big, they just fully transform into Americans. No and doubt. it always blows your mind when they say it on Jimmy Fallon or something. Growing up in Halifax or Saskatchewan, <laughs> and you're like, what? You know, they're they're L.A. natives. What are you talking about, yeah. right? No, it's because they, they drop the accent. They drop the accent quick, and you're just like, oh, they're an American, another famous American person. But I don't, you don't find famous American people. They're usually British, and then you see them on an interview, and they have a really thick British accent. Or now they're all Canadian. Nickelback's Canadian. Who is? Chad Kroger. Chad Kroger of Nickelback, lead singer. Yeah. Hey, hey, I want to be a rock star. He's, he's singing about L.A., though. He's not singing about Vancouver or Banff, you know? Hey, hey oh. I want to be a rock star. I was thinking someone a lot bigger, but yeah, I get the idea. No, I know what you mean. Here's a little known fact too. Carly Rae Jepsen has six albums. That's Technically seven if you if you count a deluxe expanded edition. She's really putting it down. I mean, I'm proud of her. I'm surprised nothing has made it on a hit radio. No. More of a Megan Trainer guy myself. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, anyways, uh, hello to our loyal fans, however many of you are out there in the woodworks. I feel like our loyal fans are 
some persecuted group of people, right? And they listen out of, you know, their wood shops or something, making sure that other people don't hear. What are you listening to? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> serious, serious sex. I'm listening to, you know, uh, Howard Stern. Yeah, it's Howard like, Stern, oh, okay. idiot. <laughs> yeah, right? You know, that's who they are. You know, they're sitting here. They're, they're hearing us live from Philadelphia's radio. Oh, they're back. Whoever you are, it's the consumer. Yes, I love. He's got a picture of you just up on your wall. Right, he touches it. It's that uh, one little meme where it's Wolverine holding the picture frame. Right, and people, right. people, and it's just me and you in the Ben Stiller picture or the Vince Vaughn picture. That is one of our best ones. I will say, my parents always listen. So shout out to them. They're yeah. they're weekly listeners. Um, keeps me honest. Make sure as we get it out on time. But for sure, to, to that guy who touches Hunter's face, picture. Excuse me, a picture of Hunter's face every night. We appreciate you, and Hunter appreciates you a lot. Yeah, yeah I'll sign autographs. I'll I'll send fee pics if you're a fan and you want fee pic. Just text me. Maybe star six seven me and leave a voicemail. I don't know. Use a voice changer, right? Like I want fee pics. I'll send them. <laughs> send me, you know, just, I don't know. Send me a PayPal. Give up PayPal. to me. Yeah, I'll be like, all right. I'll be like, you retweet us, and I will. I don't yeah, care yeah, if it's yeah. off a burner or not. We just ask for a follow and a retweet. It's not that not that difficult. Not that difficult at all. Um. So yeah, this week we got Thanksgiving coming up. Um. You know, November. I will say, I haven't said a month's gone quick in a while, but November went fast. Yeah, it's already the twenty first. It's already Thanksgiving. It's the end of the year. Yeah, yeah it's, it's the holiday season. It's the holiday season. So, holiday season brings in some holiday movies, and I did want to note because we are a movie podcast first. Um, movies, TVs, YouTube, anything you consume. Um, follow us. What are you watching? Um, the holiday movies. The new holiday movies are coming out, right? So, the Santa Clauses, which I found out is TV series or Yes. Or episodes. I I don't know what to call it. I don't know how many it's going to be, but it's episodic. Um, that's coming out or just did come out. Um, the new Ryan Reynolds, Will Ferrell movie, Spirited. Fuck, I don't know what it's called. On yeah. Apple TV Plus. That just came out. Um, the new Christmas Story movie came out. I'm not watching it. We discussed that. Yeah, that's, that's going to be maybe five years down the road for me as well. Yeah, so I do want to know. I think I'll tune into the Santa Clauses, and I will tune in to Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell's movie. It looks pretty funny. It looks solid. Um, and like Christmas movies, it's rare that you find a fresh one to watch. Mm, like I a new agreed. One. Agreed. Right? You, you think you always go back to the classics. It feels uh, every new Christmas movie coming out, they really try to force it. Yeah. Or it's some Hallmark dumpster fire trash piece of shit, and I won't watch it. So, also, can't forget the new David Harbour movie. What's it called? Uh, Evil Santa or Silent Night or something like that. And I remember and seeing the an killer ad- Santa Claus. Yeah, I saw an ad for that a long time ago, but I haven't seen anything about that recently. I just saw a commercial for watching football yesterday, and I'm, I was thinking, no shit, right? That part, I think it's going to be like a cult classic. I, I was reading a couple articles where. They were just trashing it, right? Whoever whoever David Harbour's agent is that let him do this movie should be shot shot on the spot, right? <laughs> yeah. for, for him being kind of an emerging A-lister-ish to yeah. do this dog shit uh, Santa Claus. He's a killer. You're on my naughty list, right? Start shooting people. But it's got John Leguizamo or however you pronounce his last name. Maybe it's all right. Maybe it becomes a cold classic. Let's watch David. Yeah. Let's watch Hopper shoot people as Santa Claus. Yeah, so it's out in theaters right now, but I, that that might be one that we we let that one age. We let that one come back to me on uh, on HBO next year. Yeah, um, let me hear something about it and then I'll watch it. Yeah, I'm not I'm not going out of my way to watch it. I do want to note might be getting a little later now, but I do want to see Black Panther in theaters. 
Yeah. Um, not to get into Marvel because I haven't wanted to see a Marvel movie in a while, and I haven't even watched Thor: Love and Thunder. Nope. Um, but I want to see that in theaters. Avatar's coming out. That's gonna have to be a theater movie, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then back to Christmas series real quick because I did want to note this movie, which I really, really like and would highly recommend. It's relatively new, probably three or four years. It's called Claws with a K. Yeah. <laughs> What's Claws going on? That day? Yeah. Claws, Claws with, with a K on Netflix. Um, animated movie. It's amazing. Like it's like really Brilliant. good. And it's one that I will rewatch. And I do want to watch this year. I watched about two years ago, recommended to my girlfriend. She loved it. I'll recommend to you. It's a new movie that is one that you will want to rewatch. So it earned, it earned its spot on my, must do Christmas movies. It earns I mean, respect. So, yeah, it got. Right, it's, you're in a gang. You know, you go and clip those two bastards from down the street, and you got you got respect. You know. Yeah, it's just a double pump on the chest. Peace sign. Shout out claws. Yeah, oh, shout out claws. Honorable with a K. Yeah, so that's it for Christmas movies. Kind of excited to tune into those. You know, it's always fun. Mm-hmm. You know what? Just get yourself in the mood, right? Little eggnogs start snowing a little bit. Shout out Buffalo, seventy whatever inches, hometown, and you curl up and you watch a Christmas movie, right? I mean, it's beautiful. Christmas cookies, warm Christmas milk. Christmas cookies, warm milk. How's the family holding up in Buffalo? Family's holding up. They're great. They're great. yeah, holding you know, on the fort. It, it's the South Towns that got smacked. It's where it's where like the stadium is and where Orchard Park is. They get hammered, right? Like where we live, not like two feet, but nothing. Oh, really? Yeah, nothing bananas like that. You drive 15 minutes and you're in the trenches. Oh, so it's really, it is, it's really that much of a difference with the like, Oh, for sure. Like it's I was just, talk- yeah. It's I was hard. talking to my dad and he's like literally driving down the street, two feet of snow, have to drive five minutes to the grocery store, three feet of snow, you know, going this way to pick up my sister, five feet of snow. It's just crazy. That's that's nuts, actually. I did not know it was that intense. So Yeah, it's a whole new world. Yeah, a whole new world. I knew it was coming. Um, so I do want to say I'm excited to go to theaters soon. I haven't been to theaters. What's the last movie you saw in theaters? I saw Nope. Ah, uh, that's on me. Yeah, and I'm going to see Knives Out on Friday, I believe. Ooh, Jordy, buy the tickets? No, but they are available. They are available still. I think I'm going to go with a couple buddies. Yeah, I forgot sele- about that. Select theaters only for a couple weeks. Yeah, because I want to see that so bad in theater. That's yeah. good to note for the fans. Uh, Knives Out, Glass Onion, second movie, is limited time in theaters, then Netflix in like a couple of months. Yeah, no, uh, Christmas Day or the, the 24th, it drops on Netflix. Oh, so it's only like a month. Literally, it's in theaters for three weeks, and then it's straight to cool. streaming services. Yeah, good to know for the fans. Um, that would be a fu- that's a fun theater one. You want to be in it with the crowd for that movie for sure. Yeah, and the menu. I uh, a couple of buddies of mine just saw the menu as well. People really, really are saying it's a really good movie. Uh, I wouldn't expect that. I just thought it was going to be a little dog shitty. People started saying it was good. I started thinking about it a little more. I'm like, huh? Ray Fiennes, Anya Taylor Joy. She's she's pretty, on fire right now. She she is the woman on fire, no doubt. I mean, she fire. might be my next Millie Alcock. Right, I'm, I'm all over it. Queen Gambit, and she's going to be Princess Peach. Um, oh, in the Mario movie? <laughs> yeah. It's a me. Um, so the menu I heard, it's like, first of all, concept, new idea, right? That's very rare in Hollywood now. They have it. Two, I heard it's like they really lean into the comedy aspect of it. And it's a perfect blend of comedy and thriller, which is which is hard. And 
that's the review I heard that they hit those two perfectly, and then also great acting, great actors. So I'm sure I want to see. Okay, it for sure. All right, high on my radar. Boner level Defcon three. <laughs> yeah, that's that's call a doctor after Defcon. <laughs> Defcon two, it's like you know, pick up the phone. Defcon three, it's like call your local doctor or whatever they say in the commercials. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Right, if, if you're experiencing these symptoms, right, if it's lasting longer than six hours, you need you need to call your physician. Right. Could you, like, you imagine just one of those Viagra commercials? It's like when you reach what the hunter, the consumer would call DEFCON 3. Pick up the phone, call 911 and get help. Call, call your local physician. Get an ambulance rushed over to your house before they have to amputate your junk. Oh, that's funny. I, <laughs> that reminded me of two things. I'm only going to mention one. Um, but I think it's it's one of those like dumb. 2010 comedies maybe rated pg-13 maybe rated r that you watch when you're in like middle school and you think it's hilarious but they're like really really bad movies um i think it's charlie sheen i think it's one of those scary movies he like takes a full pill or sorry full bottle of yeah. viagra and yeah. it's like the world's biggest boner falls yeah. out the window and lands on yeah. it it's like massive <laughs> it is a, it's like seven blown up balloons the the clown's twist yeah. and he's He's like hitting the walls and stuff, and then he falls. Yeah, yeah. I would rewatch the scary movies. That sounds great. Careful, those movies suck. I loved them. So I did loved I. Them. Oh, loved them. I thought they were like they were like my favorite movies. Yeah. So be careful saying they're gonna suck with no, that but, much emphasis. I'll spank you. No, no. We watched Meet the Spartans, and someone was with. I think it was Blake. I think Blake was watching with us. He had to leave the room, and me and you were like, "No, it's funny." And we watched the whole thing. We both looked at each other and like. We're never watching this movie again. Like that's it was it's, it was it's, awesome though. It was awesome. it was it was a great experience, but they're not funny. No, no, they you don't have to be in a certain kind of mood. They don't age well. Maybe that's the right word. Right. I don't want to call not, them. You're not, not funny. seeing that. You're not seeing that on TNT at 10 p.m. Right? They're not showing that anymore. You have to dig to find it. Yeah, for obvious reason. Yeah, it's locked away somewhere in Hollywood studios. <laughs> yeah, in the basement. You got to like pass yeah. some guard, some right. big troll. He's like, you want the scary movies? Yeah, for sure. You know, Mr. Filch from Harry Potter. You know, what are you doing down here? I'm like, fuck <laughs> Filch, give me the movie. <laughs> yeah, it's a Tuesday night, two in the morning. I want to watch a scary movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, carrying on, though, so that's probably it for us talking about movies until and go uh, usa soccer That's oh yeah yeah, yeah i mean you know we'll touch on it real quick but uh world cup first of all i want to say i was so enthralled and instantly engaged with it like i didn't know more than two players before i watched the pregame watching the game after that first goal i was on my feet my hands were up it was awesome the world cup does crazy things to a person it makes you patriotic mm. one and it makes you love it makes you love sports, right? Mm. Too. I got this uh, buddy that I work with, who's actually a pretty big soccer fan. Watches all the time, puts it on in the office, and he was he was just cracking a couple jokes today because everybody that was in was watching it on the TV or whatever. We were all talking about it, and I don't know if he read a tweet. He just said he goes, "It's funny when the World Cup's on, everyone's a soccer fan, right? Yeah. Second, it's over. You go back to saying who wants to watch those fairies kick a little ball around." But the second it's the World Cup, I'm painting my face red, and these nipples are saying Clint and Dempsey, right? Like, that's what they're called. <laughs> that's an all-time look. So you just got the classic American face paint, and then at halftime you rip off the shirt, and it just says Clint. 
dips. <laughs> I mean, you have to love when they show the fans at these World Cups, right? They're showing the USA fans today. You got a dry gre- dressed up as a Union soldier in the Civil War, banging on a drum that says <laughs> USA, right? A couple of guys dressed up as George Washington. You can yeah. go all out there. At the, I would love to go to the World Cup. It's kind of like Burning Man, the music festival, right? Yeah. I'll wear the Bora, just a red Borat song, not a guitar, because I'll be arrested. And, yeah, yeah, yeah I'll, no doubt. No I'll, doubt. I'll be on that Discovery show, Locked Away Abroad, or whatever it's called. But when it's in another country, no, when I'm in another country, I'm going to wear the Borat, red, yeah. white, blue thong. I'm thinking you with the Borat, right? So now you can see your nipples, which are Clint Dempsey. But when with Borat, you also have the butt cheeks out. That's when Landon Donovan comes out. That's when Landon right out of my butt cheeks. Damn, Rach. She slammed that door. She dumb, She hates the podcast. It's ruining the relationship. Whatever. I think she was in the shower, to be honest. Oh, that's when the that's when she walked. That's why the, the camera got shuffled. Yeah. <laughs> So you might want to go back in there. Might might be a freebie for the fans. Get some clicks. No, that one's going to the archives of Hollywood Studios. (laughs) Where's the girl? Shut up, Filch. (laughs) Shut up. Um, Yeah, the World Cup reminds me of the Olympics, but instead of there being all these sports that everyone focuses on, like there's like a bunch of big people, it's just soccer. So everyone's hyper-focused on the one sport one game it's very more everyone's all eyes on so you know that could be a good debate in the future world cup olympics Mm. Mm. right one has more intensity one has more options which one which one would you rather have every year if you could that would be a good debate and i'm siding towards the olympics because i'm a beach volleyball guy i was thinking so too but the world cup is pretty sweet i know it's it's a good argument um which brings up a good point so me and hunter we've been feeling a little stale. We want to spice up the podcast. We want more fun. We want more engagement. We want to keep it fresh. We want to allow ourselves to be entertaining and fun. All the jazz. So we are going to do a new segment, Embrace the Debate. That's not the name of it. That's as boring as it gets. Um, We're just going to find a fun topic. Me and Hunter are going to debate. I'm saying we each get about a minute to throw our sides. What about 30 seconds? So you really have to talk fast. Uh, no, I'm, I'm saying, you know, I like a minute maybe for a little argument. You know, we just riff on it, right? We keep going. You know, I mm. want to put that, you know. Yeah, that, I don't want to put us stuck in a box. on that. Right, no boxes. That's me. That's that's me being an arc. I don't want to put us in a box. Yeah, I'll chop you for that. Um, So, for the, we need like a Molly Quinn here, right? Like, who the fuck is Molly Quinn? <laughs> sorry, I know her name. She's a chick from First Take. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I shouldn't know her name, but I do. It's just, just in my head. Um, <laughs> I was watching. It's because at the gym, it's always on in the sauna. So, like, I have to watch first take sometimes. When you're in there with all the old men. You know, I go to a young man's gym. I'll say that. No, you don't. You're just the only young man in there, right? They, they parade you around like dance coming in today. You got, a couple old, you got a couple old men without the towel and a couple old men with the towel. You know, they do one of these. They get up, you know, they're like, you know, really spread in cheek. And you're like, oh, that's an old man. Yeah, like the first time in there, I was real timid. I was wearing a shirt. They're like, come on, <laughs> loosen up. You don't, you don't need to get your shirt all sweaty. I'm like, fine. They're just like, oh, wow. He's like, listening. You're talking, He's about this, you're talking about this physique? Those old men go, He's shaved. <laughs> yeah, like every time I come in, they're like, we noticed you shaved your chest. It's like, <laughs> Guys, That's dark, man. I'm, I'm putting my shirt back on. Richie, Tony, what are you talking about? Come on, you guys got families. They go, we're just saying you're just saying you're smooth. I will say about eighty-five percent of the time, the sauna 
relative silence between people like trying to have a conversation with me. Sometimes like friends are having a conversation, but 85% of the time I'm left alone. That 15% I have not been left alone. I've had some unreal conversations in the sauna. Cause if you want to talk that bad, where you're going to engage with someone in the sauna, like you're going to say something crazy. Do you hypothetical scenario, you you're in the sauna, you start talking to a guy all of a sudden, he's DEFCON 3 downstairs. Do you do you continue the conversation? Like, do you think you're making just subtle eye contact? I think it's growing. And you keep looking at his eyes. It's like, yeah, so how about how about them Raiders? Yeah. You're sitting there. Yeah, I mean, they're playing good football. What are you looking at, dude? Like, I'm just talking about the Raiders. And you're, you think he's <laughs> getting hot for you. What do you do there? You walk out? Can I preface this one more time? Like, I don't go... The gym, the sauna I have is not like some Norwegian sauna where there's a bunch of white dudes with white hair that are naked. It's like I've never seen anyone rock a towel in there. Everyone's wearing their shorts. So I want to say that one. Mm. Two, you get out of that situation. Because three, I don't I'm this, this memory's a little foggy and it happened recently. And I think it's foggy because I was trying to block it out of my head. I was in New York and I like you know, let's say there was three or four urinals and there was only like one open, but right. So I had to pee next to someone, but right when I went in, everyone else left. So it was just me and this guy right next to each other. Mm, always awkward. You feel bad. Yeah. But then he like, he kind of gave me like two little side looks and I was like, whatever, just, I don't give a fuck. He, right. That's a, that's a hunk of junk. No, right? but you know, he's looking. He just gave me the thumbs up. You know what? Maybe he's. You know what? I I don't know what to say there. So he was definitely he was definitely being a peeping tom. No, he, no, no, he, no, he was. But now I don't remember where. Like I think it's blocked in my memory for good reason because this dude just took a look and gave me a thumbs up. I got out of there quick. Right, I, you got it, Dan. I'm not like, remember another it, one. <laughs> then he goes, "Where are you going?" <laughs> I finished peeing. I finished peeing. Sir, I, I, yeah, I just. Dude, I was peeing again, and I was on my phone. This kid walks up, and he goes, you got the time? 8.15, man. It's like, you got the time. It's like, you have a phone, too. You want to talk to me that bad? They ask me, you got the time? I'm just trying to pee. Mm, so I yeah. don't know what's going on. Yeah. DEFCON 3. <laughs> right, DEFCON 3. He's got to call his local physician. Yeah. Um. So this week, we're debating best Thanksgiving food. <laughs> Um, so me and Hunter for this week, we're going to do best Thanksgiving food. We're going to keep it light. We're going to keep it fun. The topics will not be like uh, pay gap and like the wage gap and, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, so, yeah, right. That's the first and, only, first and only thing I can think of. <laughs> yeah, the pay gap, the wage <laughs> gap, you know, red versus blue. We're not doing that. We're not political. This just becomes a politic podcast. All this we're, fucking politicking. You think, yeah, you come back and watch us three years down the road. We're both wearing suits. I mean, it's it's full on, I don't even, some right-wing fascist group over yeah, here. Well, right? They go, those guys used to do movies, right? If we get a following and Blake runs for senator in 10 years, we transition quickly. Yeah. And we turn we, our audience for him. Correct. He, they, he pays us advertising dollars to push out his content, his agenda. Whatever his agenda is, he's going to have to pay us for it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good, yeah. Yep. So, best Thanksgiving food. Um, I'll be Stephen A. You'll be Skip Bayless. You want to go first? Molly Quinn Skip. is Molly Quinn's also right here. Skip. Um, yeah, you know, I, I was really, I was thinking about this because you brought it up. I love to eat. Everybody knows. I just had a nice <laughs> little. I just had a nice little Crohn's attack over the weekend. It was nice. 
So I was starting to think, right? I want to go with the basics, right? The turkey. Uh, I started thinking about the turkey. Wow. People are starting to switch to ham, other meats, right? turducken. You know, I don't want to do the turkey. And sometimes I don't like the exotic things either. I'm not a cranberry sauce guy. I don't like my squash. And then it hit me. Something that I love all the time. But you get that extra special something on Thanksgiving, and it's made with extra love, and that's mashed potatoes and gravy. I mean, what's better than when Ma wheels out that porcelain glass big ladle that comes out once a year on Thanksgiving? You take your spoon. You put the mashed potatoes made with love, right? Love. Not the mashed potatoes you throw in the bag in the microwave or you whip them out quick. You don't Bob really butter them. Or, or Bob Well, those are good mashed potatoes. But, you know, they're great mashed potatoes, actually. But there's something about it. Maybe there's a little skin in there. It's real garlicky. It's Ooh, buttery. The and then you take the spoon and you make a little bowl out of it. And then you can dip the other things in the mashed potato gravy bowl. I I think it's I think it's hands down a staple, no doubt, but the best, mm. the best food there. So Lord that's, have mercy. Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy. <laughs> that's where I sit. Yeah. That's where I sit. I love taters and gravy. Yeah. Mashed potatoes for the consumer. And listen, I don't want to go against mashed potatoes on my side. This isn't mashed potatoes or turkey. It's what's the best Thanksgiving food. You start talking about the little boat. Uh, you make that little crevice and you pour the gravy and it starts flowing over the sides. Oh. You get a bite of skin. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. It is made with love with an extra care. But when I was thinking about my favorite food, I did think about mashed potatoes. But then again, you can have mashed potatoes all year long, and they're not bad out of the microwave from Bob Evans. No. That dilutes the product. And that's why I'm going to go with a Thanksgiving staple. You can have it other times of the year, but it's wrong if you do, and that's stuffing. I, I, I feel you're going to say that. As I've grown, as my palate has developed, as I've become a more mature man, stuffing has taken over as my favorite Thanksgiving food for the more childish mashed potatoes, for a more basic palate. This is a more elevated taste. You get lots of textures. You can you can mess around. Some people have mushrooms. Some people have sausage. Fuck it, sage. You know, get your herbs on there. Listen. <laughs> Fuck it, barbecue sauce, ketchup, lather it in there, swirled around. <laughs> barbecue sauce. Um, listen, stuffing stuffing is the most elevated food on your plate at Thanksgiving. And anyone who says in this argument macaroni cheese or anything like a little off that doesn't count like you can do turkey sweet potatoes mashed potatoes stuffing dinner roll cornbread whatever i'm a stuffing guy i think through and through it's the best the best thing on your plate you know growing up you go to those thanksgivings in high school right maybe you're back for college you do a little thanksgiving my thing that i would bring to friendsgiving every year was my mother's stuffing mm. it's delicious you know, also nice porcelain dish, you know, she'd leave it for me fresh, pop it in the oven, bring it over. It's a delicacy and you're, you could do so much with it. I mean, seriously, you could, you could suffocate somebody with stuffing. That's oh. what I think it can get sometimes. Yeah, no, but it's so good. Yeah. And like if you get a ball and you really shove it in someone's mouth, like, yeah, you know, right, right. You know, there's a celery in there that it, the world's your oyster when it comes to the stuffing. See, that's what, you know. Every family's going to do stuffing a little differently. And that, you know, that's why it's for that elevated palate. Elevated palate, no doubt. I like that. I like that. Hmm. But you're a mashed potatoes guy. No, no, no. You're going no, to no, hold your ground. No, I'm going to hold my ground, right? But the debate thing is, can I change it to get over to mashed potatoes? That's what I'm thinking. It's so good. You're right. No, mash are so simple and just always buttery. and mm. It's delicious. It's delicious. So, so embrace the debate. Let us know in the comments below. 
and, and, and embrace the debate. Let us know in the comments below. I, you know what? Let me just say one more thing. The thing about mashed potatoes is it's so, it's so flexible. It's so volatile. I mean, five years from now, there might be a porn category, mashed potatoes and gravy, right? They're, they're lathering it on people and they're eating it off of them. It's like, you know, whip cream, out with the whipped cream yeah. in with the mashed potatoes and gravy. You, you, you hear what I'm saying? Right? Yeah. No, whipped cream is so 90s. Mashed potatoes and gravy is so 2030. That's the future, right? It's savory. It's it's delicious. And you could any, – any crevasse, that'll go. <laughs> See, whipped cream, you're stuck with the can. It's cold. It's only sweet. Mashed potatoes, you can really work everything. And even, yeah, even if you, you know, want, cherry on top gravy. Maybe cherry on top. You can take a bath in that shit, right? Take a shower. Whipped cream is just too sweet. It's just too sweet, right? This is the future. And embrace the debate. Yeah, embrace the debate. Embrace the goddamn debate. The stuffing stays on the Thanksgiving dinner. Embrace the debate. <laughs> embrace the debate. Um, all right. Yeah, mm. that, that, that was solid. We will carry on, though. You know, let me say this one thing to you, Daniel. Does it sound like my mic is coming through the computer and not my snowball? Well, tap your snowball. Ah, shit. Hmm. You want me to pause us? Will it? Can we? Yeah. Right. That sucks. Yep, Mike is gone. Whatever. We're we're rocking with Del- touchscreen Dell audio, but it sounds we're fun. versatile. We're versatile. Um, so that's a good transition point and let's get into our week 12. Holy shit. The NFL season's flying. We're saying week 12. Yes, that's, it is. That's, that's insane. Um, I also think we've almost been doing this for a year now. That's also to note because Obi-Wan came out in December. Oh, wow. Yeah. You're, you're very correct with that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, time flies when you're having fun, right? That's what time they say. <laughs> you know, it's definitely getting there. That's my quote. Um, I mean, we're probably, what, one week or two weeks away from during every single football game, they show the wild card picture. Yeah. Right? You say we're pretty close to that point, right? Maybe next week. Maybe after this this upcoming week, after the Thanksgiving games, that next week is when they start showing the graphic every single game. That's how I feel in fantasy football right now. Wins and losses are extremely important. Yes, they are. It's crunch time. Um, So... Quickly on week 11, me and Hunter go 0 and 4 on our picks. Um, Hunter moves to 1 and 4, um, 3 and 2 in our picks. You all right? Yeah. Your personal laptop. I don't know. It's it's under it's under the side of my bed. Second pause of the episode, but that doesn't matter because this is live FM radio. Um, week 11, me and Hunter go 0 and 4. I got heartbreak <laughs> on the Jets game. Hunter bad pick. Eagles had a scrappy win. Um, our underdogs. I picked the Texans for no reason. I, like when I look back, I'm like, why do I do these things? They got spanked by a hot uh, Commanders team, and you picked the Bears, who fought hard and lost yeah. to the Falcons. Um, it's just going to come to a point where I'm going to say absolutely fade me and take every opposite of what I'm saying until I get hot. I don't know when that's going to be, but you're just going to go ahead and have to fade me here because yeah. I it's not it's not hitting. No, that's been a strategy uh, for years. You can ask anyone who's friends with you in college. There would be whispers of what did Hunter take? What did Hunter right, take? Fade Hunter. Fade Hunter. Yeah. Um, they got the picket fences, Fade Hunter, Fade Hunter. Right, Ruby Bridges, get her into the school, make your picks, get get Hunter away, right? Like get him, get him out of Hunter's ear. Yeah, no, I'm imagining you like, obviously we can bet on our phone nowadays, but like you trying to go up to a sports book and there's a bunch of people like, Fade Hunter, don't let him in. We got to see his picks. 
I'm kind of picturing I walk into a casino, place my bet, 100 people behind me in a huge circle, yeah. right? I go and place my bet. I walk away, and the teller goes, he took the Eagles, and they all rush over. Colts, 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 give us the Colts, yeah. give us the Colts. What are the odds? That looks, that sounds much better, actually. Like, the odds just start drastically dropping like it's all over ESPN. The consumer's pick is in. The consumer's pick is in. Right, I'm looking over my shoulder, and I swear to God, these people are talking about me. But none of them know me, right? Why would they be talking about me? But it, so, was, it was to fade. So the question is, are you so cold that you're at the point where you fade yourself? Where you take what you take the opposite of what you thought was correct? I don't think so because then I'll still be wrong. Okay, and then you, you know knew what I mean? you were right in the end. If and I if I fade my, if I take who I don't want to win, who I you know I'm fading myself mm-hmm. and I'm gonna say let's not trust my gut. The team that I trusted my gut with that I was gonna announce is going right. to win. So it's it's the universe saying fuck you. We're gonna make sure we press the Buffalo Wild Wings buttons. Yeah. to fuck you no matter what yeah at that point it's when you kind of throw yourself into the volcano yeah, yeah. oh 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 man no that's too quick I'm i just want to fly bearing alive yeah okay uh back to the buff baker yeah, yeah. Ah. i yeah. just got that elves from lord of the rings ah. yeah that beautiful noise so glorious um so let's do our best bet and our underdogs we discussed our combo best bet we didn't discuss ratline um but <laughs> that's fine <laughs> we're you know doesn't matter hey hey I blame our producer I bl- not our producer I, I blame our mike mike sucks god i wish we had an intern our lives would be yeah. so easy um, i'm gonna go with my best bet first okay i'm stuck between two but i want to do a thanksgiving day bet i'm festive right now right so i'm yes, thinking you are. where do i lie giants plus nine against the divisional game against Dallas, or do I like the Vikings in a bounce back against coach Bill Belichick and Mac McIntosh, who just scored three offensive points last week? You tell me, what are you, what are you leaning towards? What is your speedometer pointing to? I think the giants are not a seven to three team and people are saying the Cowboys are hot. Listen, I don't know if I agree with that, but that's why I'm going to go with the Vikings minus three at home USA bank center. I think, listen, the, I know the Jets' defense is good, but the Patriots only putting up three offensive points against mm-hmm. a team that should be an offensive juggernaut who had an off week. I think it's a clear bounce back. It's a home game. It's Thanksgiving. It's prime time. I understand the Patriots, and everyone always says, Coach Bill Belichick will hold them tight. I think it's time the Vikings really bounce back here, and three points is something they can cover against Mac, yeah. Mac Jones for sure. Yes, they can. Quick touchdown. That team's good. Yeah. I fucking hate them, but they're good. Yeah. I like that. All right. Time for Hunter's best bet. The consumer fade me, please. Unless I win and suck me, please. Um, I'm going with the Bucks minus three against the Browns. Yeah, but the Browns, uh, but the Browns, every Browns uh, fan. Every, yeah. Right. Like, um, it's the, it's the meme where it's the massive screen yes, and they, yes, they put yes. the thing over and then the whole bar goes crazy, right? Like the game of Thrones ending. Um, I'm going with the Bucks. I think Brady's finally getting over his divorce and really focusing on football again. He's on the I hate you, Giselle Bündchen, fuck you tour. Mm. And I think he is just going to take that rape elf and just set him on fire. I I, I think he's going to come out and just dice him up, right? Dice him up. Giselle's gone. The kids are gone. I hate everything. I'm here to win a Super Bowl. They're getting hot. I just traded for Tom Brady in my fantasy league. I didn't trade for Tom Brady, but he was part of the deal. And it's it's all the stars have aligned and the consumer is going to get one. Good. And and the Browns are a sneaky three and seven. 
like sneakily they are bad three and seven um which i feel like a lot of people or maybe just me have kind of looked over yeah you know they i will give them that they're one of the best first quarter teams in football i think they have a plus 29 differential or plus 30 differential in the first quarter interesting does watson come back no one more week out okay i would not be taking that if so Mm -hmm. good to know um my underdog pick um this pick has was the underdog for 100 last week and it's gonna be the underdog for me here uh bears plus 180 at the new york jets um that's a four and a half point spread listen i think the i know justin fields is a little dinged up so now that i say that we don't look in the injury reports here at what are you watching that always does factor um but the bears offense have just been pure juggernauts against a good jets defense but i'm not worried about bears offense jets defense i'm worried about the flip is zach wilson he seems to be really really bad and he's he on a fire he had that a bad man is press conference. Siege. Yes, he did. Yes, he said, he did. can you blame the offense? And he said, no. And he had like seven completions or something nuts and like eight punts. It, whatever it was, is more punts than completions. It's embarrassing to only put up three points, no matter who the coach is, no matter who your wide receivers are. And he has good weapons. I mean, they lost Brees Hall, but besides the point, I'm more betting against the Jets yeah. than betting on the Bears team. But the Bears have kind of had some flow going recently. The Jets, I saw the stat, they averaged 2.6 inches per play when that game was said and done and over, or maybe it was just in the second half. Long story short, I think their better days are behind them. I think here comes the implosion, your classic 2000 to 2016 Bills, start off 5-2, and two, finish the season 6-10, and 10, right? Yeah. That, that yeah, could yeah, be yeah. the path they're on. Yeah, I, I mean, like, I think they have the coach, and I think Brees Hall is really good, but the quarterback problems. I think it's starting to become very clear. Yes, it is. It is evident that Zach Wilson can only bang moms and moms of friends, not just randoms. Right. All right. Give me your underdog, Nazgul. All right. Nazgul, hunter consumer, please fade me. Um, But if I win, fuck you. We are going with the Panthers plus 120 against our good buddies, the Denver Broncos. Um, the Denver Broncos are my fuck you. I'm not betting on for the rest of the year list. Right. Nathaniel Hackett is just coincidentally the worst head coach I think I've ever seen in my life. He, wait, Um, he's so pale. His name's Nathaniel Hackett. He's just so unfit to be on an NFL sideline. Unfit to be an NFL sideline. He's afraid to talk to Russell Wilson. The fans have their pitchforks out here in Denver, Colorado. I can speak on their behalf. If he's in the open street, he doesn't have bodyguards like Russell Wilson. He's being clipped. He's being clipped. All right, that's just that's what's happening. So we're going Panthers money line plus one twenty. Defense has been stout. Almost beat the Ravens. They've lost a lot of one score games that they've choked away in the end. That DJ Moore game where he took his helmet off and ripped it, and then they missed the extra point. Right? They're not a bad team. I mean, they are a very bad team, but they're not a horrible, horrible. I like team. that. I like that. So with that being said, it's in Carolina. Broncos are on the ropes. Worst ten game start in franchise tied. Worst ten game start in franchise history. I think the Panthers take this one, and I think I think I shower in my glory. I think I go two and zero. All right, yeah you you've hit you've hit underdogs before. I think you hit two. I've I've hit a couple, right? But best but best bets is what matters. That's what we're here. Best bets is what matters, which is also why Tom Brady hates Giselle and he's gonna win. So and then quickly because we've kind of lost stats for it, but we'll keep doing our combo best bet. We might drop the rat line because it's hard to pick up every week in the NFL. 
But combo best bet will be Ravens minus four at Jacksonville. Um, Lamar's a little dinged up, a close game against Carolina. But I, I think four points is too tight for a team um, that has played, is seven and three against Jacksonville, mm-hmm. who's the definition of spotty, but a bad spotty. They're not yeah. like 50 50 spotty. They're spotty. They can spark, but they're a bad spotty. They they can't they can't hold the spark long enough to light the fire and win the game right. It'll last them a quarter, maybe a half, and then they just implode. And the Ravens have treated treated you treated you well this year. I mean, yeah, I think they're two and zero in our bets. Smells good for a bounce back game for Lamar, right? You know, eh, he barely won. He got bailed up by the defense. Nobody wants to pay him anymore. He wants to get back on that. I want to get paid tour and have a little MVP caliber game. Sixty five rushing yards, three touchdowns in the air, one on the ground, sure. right? Yeah, this is like a sneaky, like, people forget about the game. It's on 1 o'clock. It's like a 31-10 to 10 game. Right. Pops up on red zone twice. You know right. what I mean? You watch, you watch just, the last Ravens two games, and you're just kind of writing them off, even though you haven't watched them. And then they come back, and they win three straight games by 35 points. You go, we're we're stupid bitches, right? That's what you say. We're stupid bitches. Yeah, you don't want to be a stupid bitch. So that's why you are going to take <laughs> Hunter's best – or, excuse me, fade. if you don't want to be a stupid bitch, you fade Hunter. You take the Browns. Plus three and a half was it against the Bucks? Uh, um, yeah, just three right now. It's just just three. three flat. Yeah, just three flat. So if you're fading me, you're taking the Browns plus three in Cleveland. But if you're smart like me, you're taking the Bucks minus three also in Cleveland. And I'm also on a two game losing streak here, so there's a chance I can start being faded. But I like Minnesota at home minus three Thanksgiving night. Yeah, and let me say this. I am going to put in a formal request for when you clip this. The caption is, don't be a stupid bitch. Mm. And then maybe you put stars over the IT. Don't be a stupid B star star CH. No, because we're trying to get popular on YouTube kids. So we're trying to like, we're trying to go viral everywhere nowadays. Everywhere. Right. Same bitch. We're not going to, we're not going to write out bitch because then they can't monetize us on YouTube. So. And we're getting monetized a lot. And that's why every time you keep saying the word bitch, our intern and producer who like once we're done with this we just ship it off and he handles it so he puts every time we say the word bitch it will just be yeah so like we can keep saying it and it doesn't actually matter yeah bitch 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 it's gonna (laughs) it's just gonna sound it's gonna sound like a mating call you know what i mean like where where's the big whale i'm getting my hump on we're at defcon (laughs) three it's defcon three yeah. Um, speaking of DefCon three and bitches, let's talk about Lord of the Rings: Return of the King. Now, let me ask you a question, real quick. What does DefCon three and bitches have to do with this film? Uh, I, I just want the fan. I want you to make that so the fans know that you're not pulling that out of your ass. Where is the yeah. connection there? Just Sau- so Sourman. Sourman's a bitch. <laughs> okay. Um, I forget his name, but the dude not in the third movie, but okay, he's in yeah. extended edition. So. Confirmed. Okay. I was on YouTube. Um, I didn't know if you watched it. That's why I said it. I didn't okay. watch Extended Edition. Okay, he's a stupid bitch. Saruman's a stupid bitch. And that's why they cut him out of the cinematic version. So catch me on that one. Catch and I'm 22. blanking on his name. What's her name? Hope Quinn. Who's Hope Quinn? The part of or the first take girl, Molly. Oh, Axon. Molly Quinn. Molly Quinn. Okay. <laughs> that's why. That's why she mediates the conversation. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and whoever is the acting king or whatever they call him of Gondor. He's on DefCon three the whole entire movie. He's he's pretty rocked up. Yeah, he's he's, rocked he's up. lost his marbles. He's taking his pills. He's pouring it in his wine, and he's saying like, "Who's gonna who's gonna deflate me? Right? Gonna, yeah. My bastard son, or the or the freaking Hobbit? Right? Who's gonna who's gonna shrink this boy down? 
Yeah, that man lost it. Um, so I, you know, I was I've been working on my radio transitions. I've been studying okay. them. Okay. So we're here with Return of the King, third movie, final movie of the world famous trilogy, Lord of the Rings. Um, so I watched these movies for the first time. Hunter has obviously seen them. Just look at him. You think this is the first time you've seen Lord of the Rings? That'd be criminal. I wish I took the due diligence to learn some Elven, right? Mm. So I, you say Hunter's obviously seen this movie, and I'm like, but I should have that. You know, <laughs> you're like, oh my God, you know, is he a nerd or is he super dope, right? Well, they don't do CCs for Elven at all in the movie, so you could have said whatever you wanted. Yeah, I could have said whatever I wanted. <laughs> Why are you doing that? Defcon 3. Oh, Defcon 3. Um... <laughs> it's Defcon, by the way. Are you saying Defcon? No, with an F. You are saying Defcon. Yeah. I just want to make sure. I don't want you to fuck up the fans. A lot of people listen, you know, and then they might start going around. Defcon 3, Defcon 3, dad hits the sun. Where'd you learn to speak like that? It's Defcon. He goes, Danny the wine man told me. You yeah. Know? And then people start outside. You're, you're killing our kids. You're killing our kids, right? <laughs> I uh, That's like one of those, like, take it for granted. Like, you know, when you're younger, you just say, take it for granted. Um, not knowing it's granted. That was one of those things that messed me up for a while. Are you um, wrong right there? Is it take it for granted? It's granted, yeah. Are you sure you're not fucking up the kids? Why would it be granted? Like granite marble? I'm just top? I'm asking you, are you positive or did you just switch them up? So Lord of the Rings is Embrace the debate. Embrace the debate. <laughs> um All right, so Return of the King. Let's get into it because we're running here at forty five minutes and I do want to get in this movie because it was by far the best movie for me. By far. Um so this movie is the final journey for uh, Frodo and Sam to bring the ring to Mount Doom in Mordor, accompanied by Gollum slash Smeagol. Um, they're on that final quest to destroy the ring. Um, while the rest of the people are dealing with the oncoming orc war. Um, no other way to put it. They go to different castles, different places are getting attacked. I mean, we'll get more into it as we go in the movie with Gondor and um, Rohan coming to aid, blah, blah, blah. But basically, the three movies have been very simple in terms of Frodo and Sam have been just on their way to Mount Doom to destroy this ring. And the rest of the fellowship has been fighting this war in honor, in like hopes of keeping human and men, excuse me, human men alive as Frodo, they wait for Frodo to destroy the ring. I think it has a very good video game progression where the story is simple, but the boss battle gets bigger and harder <laughs> every single level, right? Yeah. A Fellowship of the Ring, you got a band of a bunch of hillbilly orcs in the woods. One guy's got a crazy arrow. He's pegging people everywhere, not the sexually kind. You get the second one, Battle of Helm's Deep, big castle surrounded. What are we going to do? Third battle, you know, third movie. You're getting mm. Minas Tirith. You're getting a bonus battle after you're getting, you're getting a lot of battles. The boss is harder. The boss baby is harder. Yeah, the orcs, and then we get the elephants. So I, I want to go... Let's do this. I'm going to go through my notes. If, I if like that. Some of my notes you can skip, because I took a lot more this time, and some of them are skippable. Uh, you can just say, okay. Um, if you don't want to just say, okay, you can elaborate or add a take. Um, I like okay. your ring, by the way. Oh, it's the ring of power. Uh, okay, yeah. But it was actually okay. uh, it was actually from a Phillies game. It was a giveaway. I can, see, I can see, I can see the red P. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You look kind of fly. You look, you look like a Don. You look like a Don of some kind of gang. Don, yeah, Don, Don, Don Daniel. You know? kiss patron, my ringer, patron. Kiss my ring or die. You know that sort of thing. Okay. Join the mafia. 
Yeah. Um, so we'll run through my notes, and then after we can have some like a little more full. I finished the trilogy. It's pretty full awesome. Cute. It's pre- it pop the champagne, bring in the strippies. I mean, this is a big thing. This is a big day for Daniel. Give him his little crown, right? He gets another. He gets another notch on his Boy Scout belt, yes. right? He's done. He's done something big. He's achieved fire starting, right? He yes. can pitch a tent now. Yes, I helped an elderly man cross the road. Um, do you want to give scores first, or do you want to? Sure. sure. I, hey, if that's you want to do that, that's the old format that we draft. We're supposed to give let's, scores first. Let's do it. Let's do it. You go. You go first. Yeah. So fellowship, I gave an eighty-eight. Two towers, I gave an eighty-nine, which I felt like. Uh, given some time, I do feel like the Battle of Helm's Deep aged well for me. I want to say that. It, it think is about it, right? You, th- you think about it a little bit. The music was nice. The rain was nice. It was pretty cool. It did age well. Um, but the movie itself, I didn't feel like it was a huge upgrade from The Fellowship. Now, Return of the King, I thought, was a massive step up from both the movies. And the main reason why it wasn't the ending of the story exactly, obviously it helped. But I felt like I knew this big cast of characters, finally. Like yeah. I earned all of these relationships and I felt connected to all four hobbits, everyone in the fellowship. And I even started to know the King of Rohan a little bit and that chick or his niece or whatever who liked um, Aragon. Yeah. So it's like I got connected to all of these characters. So like watching them kind of hit their lowest moments and their highest highs in this movie, I thought was really the peak of it. Um, and then you can get into any of the battle sequences were sick. All of the music was amazing. And I love the ending of this movie, how like it and how like I didn't know how this story ended. So like not just talking about like the this movie was beautiful because of cinematography, like which it was. I thought like the landscape shots and all of this in this movie were amazing. Like I got the ending of this amazing story and I really love these characters. Um, so with that being said, like music was top notch, story was top notch, characters were top notch, the fight scenes and all the sequences and the pacing, like I never got bored of the fight scenes, all top mm-hmm. notch. I think this is one of my favorite movies I've seen in a long time. Uh, I'm going to say 95. Okay. All right, Daniel. That's a good, that's a high score. Yeah. That's high on our pie chart. Yeah. To, and to your avail, I think it's very warranted, right? Before I get my score, I will say that this the score I gave for this jumps higher than the increment from the last two, right? I was mid eighties, mid eighties. Again, this one's going to jump. And for all the reasons you say it, and I'm a slut for action and yeah. I feel like it's tasteful, right? You get the cutaways, you get the symbolism between, you know, the two things going on, but it fulfills the story. You're plunged completely into the idea that if they lose, it's over, right? Like there, there is no counterattack. There is no yeah. comeback. It will be the end of mankind. And the acting, right? The story, the scale, right? I mean, you, you get the feeling once again that the CGI was very practical, right? For all I know, they built that fucking castle in Antarctica or someplace yeah. uninhabited, you know? Yeah. And for that for those reasons, right? And obviously we'll get into that more. I don't want to go too deep, but I gave it a ninety-four. Cool. I mean, I, I jumped hot. I, I really love it. Like it is it is such an astounding film and to all the points that we're about to talk about, I think it's well deserving of that. 90s echelon of that is a good film and if that's back on cable tv and i'm sitting here they put it back on a streaming service in another year two years i'm watching it again right it's one of those i 100 agree and i said it last time these movies aged incredibly well the cgi especially with Gollum, it Gollum's actually good cgi and the rest of cgi is beyond tasteful um before i get into my notes just want to note this quickly you said something about like 
um, the battles being tasteful and like if they do lose they're gonna die and in two towers I didn't like in Helm's Deep when like Gandalf and that other army came to aid it felt unwarranted but in this movie when Aragon comes and Legolas they'll come back with the army of the dead or whatever they're called um, you earned it you're waiting for them to come when the Rohan army comes you're like waiting for them to come so like those two last second like they're gonna die and those two armies come in felt so much more well earned Totally. And and obviously I'll say this too, if you watch the extended edition, right, you get way more backstory of the army of the dead, where it doesn't seem like out of nowhere, there's this ghost army. They reference it in the extended editions of, I believe, all three films, or maybe the last two. So you kind of know it's coming. It sets you up a little better. But to your right. point, you earned it. And this time, you know, they're coming and you know, it's going to be a big army and they set it up, right? They're cutting back to the Rohan camp. We have this many more men, you know, the torches have been lit. We need your help. They're doing this. They're doing that. And at that point, you're waiting for them to come help, right? The orcs have made it up to the third tier of the castle. Now it's yeah. the small gates. They need help. Yeah, I have I have a structured settlement, and I need help now. It's J.G. Wentworth. J. It's, Aragorn, G. it's Aragorn, yeah. whatever his name is. We need your men now. Um, no, I, I, uh, it just felt more earned. But I do want to get into my notes here. Um, so let's run through them a little bit. So the movie opens up and. I mean, I had a note about the first movie with the prologue. I don't know if I had an opening for Two Towers, but Human Smeagol, um, I mean, first of all, the CGI and the matching of him and Gollum here is really amazing. Um, but that was an intense start. Like, he, he really succumbed to the ring, and, like, that was intense. Um, you know, I thought it was, like, a really good start to the movie. I, I think that's a great first point. It's eerie, right? I mean, that's... It's freaky, right? You... You hear it, you think his voice is going to be different. He's got that same voice, though, you know? And it just makes you think, oh, my God, he's a little nasty, you know? Something's yeah. a little wrong with him just because you're in, you're introduced to Gollum first and then Smeagol. Yeah. And, I mean, he's, no, he's choking him out, my precious, right? It shows him right away. slowly transforming over how many years he had. It right? starts to lose his hair. His face gets all fucked up. He's just eating yeah. fish. He's slapping the fish, you know? It's it's. It's intense. it's intense. Yeah, and and the whole time in the movie, they make you feel like Smeagol was this good guy, right? And and we don't know if if he was bad or good, but you can tell he was a little twisted, and he succumbed to the ring instantly. Instantly. And every time he says Smeagol would never, well, Smeagol Smeagol lies too. Yeah, Smeagol did. Smeagol. Oh, they say Smeagol would never. Smeagol did. Right? right. OJ didn't do it. OJ did. Yes. Um, so I, I really like that start cause you know, it kind of took you out of the original story, but it was very well connected to the story, mm -hmm. um, and showed the power of the ring. Um, so the whole time I watched the movie in the earlier in the movie, they're talking about not need Frodo and Sam are talking about not needing food for the way home. Like, I don't think there's going to be a way home. I was, I thought Frodo was going to sacrifice himself and die from the jump. I thought yeah. all movie he was going to die. So when he didn't at the end, each time I thought it was a different moment he was going to die. So I yeah. was really thrown off. Um, so early in, I was like, that's a foreshadow. He's going to die, but he did it. For sure. And, and to that point, when he does end up doing it, great callback to the first movie, right? Isildur goes up there to Mount Doom to throw the ring in. And he turns around at the last second. He goes, I think I'm going to keep it, right? Yeah. I think I'm going to keep it. Elrond and Rivendell's, what do you do? Isildur, throw the ring into the it, fire. And it was the same mad. exact thing, yeah. Right. And very he very so. well would have walked back out with the ring. If Smeagol didn't jump on him and bite his finger off, right? No, he he's he, like, get the fuck he, off. Yeah, he succumbed to the ring. He lost. Like Frodo, 
Frodo lost, and I kind of want to get into that after I go into my notes because it's the reason he had to leave Middle Earth. And you mm-hmm. can see it with Bilbo. Uh, Bilbo never moved on from the ring, and Frodo will never be able to move on from the ring. Right. I mean, uh, it was a, a long journey. I think I think the course of the film, it's like six or seven months or something. But I mean, you get enough trauma if you're Frodo in those seven months to bring on some wicked Vietnam PTSD napalm strike flashbacks yeah. until you die. Right. They come back to the Shire, and the first indication is that guy that whatever that hobbit like looks at him like nothing changed right nothing changed with the shire but everything changed for that right yeah they've gone through so much to save the shire but along that journey they lost the shire for them right and you can Mm -hmm. see when they're at the bar they're like cheers right And, and for sam it's there but for frodo he the ring took a part of him he got stabbed by the nazgul it still hurts him Stabbed um, by a spider, wrapped up, about to yeah. be eaten up to shreds, right? T- Samwise Games, he's just happy go lucky. You know, he didn't have to hold the ring. He wasn't getting the voices in his head. It yeah. wasn't twisting him up here. It was just an adventure that had its highs and its lows. Comes back, sees a bitch, let's get her going, right? Yeah. But for Frodo, it's he's and watched. You see it with Bilbo. Bilbo's still not over the ring. No, but he's aged a lot. You know, he's super yes. old now. And yes. in that time without the ring, he's starting to really. The effects are starting to take its toll. <laughs> uh, absolutely. So the Runkin, ne- too much run. You know what? A lot of Runkin was uh, Smeagol. Yeah, um, he that that was concentrated Runkin. <laughs> he goes, not good, not bad. You know, it's <laughs> it's pretty bad. Not good, not bad. Um, so my next note, not a good one, but I did say the first. This is the first time I saw Minas Tirith. I was like, that castle's sick. That's spectacular. That castle's sick. And I love how Gandalf, this happened at Helm's Deep. He just rides his horse through the middle of the castles. like War-torn there, streets. There's never any other horses on there. It's just Gandalf just riding through fucking people, and I love it. <laughs> yeah. no, it, it just shows that he's, at the end of the day, he knows what's going on. Get off your horse. Fuck off. Right? Yeah. I mean, he's, this is my horse. I'm here to save the day. I'm riding it through streets as narrow as a high school hallway. I don't care if I'm running over your baby, your nephew, your son, your dog. I'm getting where I'm going. Yeah, you're fucking dog shit. Um, so I thought Minas Terrace was really cool. Um, and then, partnering with that, uh, the beacons, all the beacons being lit to... Kind of um, sick scene, right? A kind of. That might have been my favorite scene in the movie. Dude, that scene is so fucking cool. And it's all lit off by um, Pip. So Pip like runs up and does it, and then you just see all of these landscapes, and it's just like you're like looking, it just goes right, and you then you're not the expecting a second fire. one, and then a, and I, I thought it was beautiful. I really, really, really love that scene. You got the music going for you, and people listening, you have to, you have to remember that this isn't the 21st century. You're not calling on your cell phone. You're not signaling your drone. You got to get a message to people on the other side of the world, right? I mean this. That's the only way for it's just like the Shire, right? Imagine if there were beacons in the Shire, there were beacons in the Shire. These people, the rest of the world doesn't know that everyone's about to die in that city, right? right. I mean, you have these beacons is everything. You don't like the beacons, the steward of Gondor, don't light them. We don't need their help. They're not going to come. They want to steal my power. You don't like those beacons. Nobody comes to save your. Nobody comes to save your skin. Save your bacon. You're dead. You know, and someone's up there every day waiting for the fire, just waiting for the moment. They got. Imagine if that's your job, right? Yeah, it's my. Uh, 
ninth tour in those snowy mountains in Beacon Four, right? I've been up here for I've been up here for nine years now. Yeah. Just me and me and Doug over there, me and you know some medieval, me and Halifax over there, just chopping it up and playing cards every day. Halifax is a good medieval name. That could be a good spinoff movie, right? It'd be The Lighthouse that came out with Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. Right. This movie, not produced by Peter Jackson. This is Taika Waititi. This is called The Beacon, right? You get a little hour 30 character piece, Halifax and Hunter. Yeah, Halifax and Hunter just play cards and talking about their tours of yeah. <laughs> doing The Lighthouse. Like, oh, you, you, ever been, you ever been with a dwarf woman? I'm like, oh, Halifax. <laughs> <laughs> Halifax, you're crazy. <laughs> Ever been with the dwarf woman? Um, then I throughout the movie, so Smeagol versus Sam was was a good touch of like that. Even on a deeper level of the um, manipulation of Frodo versus a man who just wants is pure good and literally carried Frodo on his back at the end. Um, they had some good fights. They had some good like behind the little looks and shit. So that whole mental and physical and the physical fights were really good throughout. Smeagol goes full youngest child versus middle child in a classic four-year-old versus 10-year-old fight at home. Youngest child, a little older, six versus 11, right? Comes in, kicks you in the shin. Right. You slap him in the face. He starts crying. Mom comes and yells at you. And while mom's looking at you, you look down at your younger brother and he's going. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's Smeagol. He, he just, he burned you. He burned you bad. And he played him good. I mean, he threw down the bread and he did all the little tricks, but. He sprinkles it. He goes, the hobbit, the fatsy hobbit. He ate the food, the fatsy hobbit. You know, he's like, yeah. Sam, what the frick, man? I mean, he, you know, Gollum knows or Smeagol knows what the ring does and how to, like what it does to your mind. So he really yeah. knows how to manipulate him. Oh, totally. He, he too much runkin', right? He's been exposed. Absolutely. He, he eats bangs fish on rocks and eats them. Um, <laughs> next note was Pip was singing. He sang for the king. I'm going to call him the king consort. I forget his fucking name. The steward. I wrote steward. that down too. I thought that 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 was another eerie scene, kind of like the opening. Yeah, it just had that sort of feel of dread, misery, yeah, a lot sorrow, of death. Comes in. You know what it always reminds me of? Um, Game of Thrones, that. right before the dark night, high in the halls of the king's world. Absolutely. And, it, and it's showing the montage of people getting Absolutely. ready for war and everyone's scared. And, you know, is this our last day? And he's Absolutely. singing this eerie, you know, monotone, bass, baritone song. And the king's eating the chicken and the blood's pouring out of his mouth and he's popping yeah. the tomatoes. And you just see his son and what, 200 people on they, horses they sit, running they into sent him to city death. Yeah. To, they, to death. Here. It's 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 literally the arrows. They make it dark because they're just so lit up, right? So intense, so yeah. sad. And you know they're just going into death. And like I, a huge theme throughout this whole movie was sacrifice, mm -hmm. um, especially with all these battles where they think they're going to die. And that was one where like they just sacrifice themselves for no reason because of the fucking dumbass steward. Um, but yeah, that singing reminded me a hundred percent of Game of Thrones. It's a good little callback right there. Yeah. Maybe Game of Thrones called that back to Lord of the Rings. No, it did. Maybe, yeah. I talked about it in one of the other ones. It's so clearly inspired. Yeah, um, for sure. This. Um, so then this one we don't need to get into, but the the orcs doing the head, the catapult with all the beheaded people was fucked up. <laughs> I, it's not fucked up. There's a word for that, Dan. It's twisted. Twisted. That that was twisted, right? You're a mother of three. 
husband's off to war, right? He should be back. They said he's doing a little day trip on the horses, right? Got your basket of bread, walking with your youngest daughter, right? Going to the town, maybe picking up some sausages from the meat man, maybe some milk, you know? And yeah. your husband's head just flies right in front of you. I mean, that's right. And it's shot from a bunch of demon looking monsters. And that, that's twisted. That's, yeah. That's twisted. Yeah, you're just trying to go with your daily chores and that shit happens. They were giving me, the orcs this movie were giving me huge Mad Max vibes. Mm. I mean, they were riding on all sorts of shit. They had a flaming hot dragon thing to knock that down was, the doors. That, that's that's one hell of a freaking whatever you call that. I forget what you call it. Door beater. Uh, door, that, that is one hell of a door beater. Um, yeah, they were giving me Mad Max vibes for sure. Um, Witness me! <laughs> Then I wrote, uh, fuck, I wrote him at the king at the time, but the steward of Gondor, fuck him. That dude, yeah. Fuck him. <laughs> yeah. Fuck him. Dude, that guy's, he's the mad king, right? I mean, yeah. that guy's, that, I mean, he, he doesn't know what's going on. Burn himself alive with his very much alive son, who he said. Pours the oil on his head. My son is dead. My son. He goes, dude, he's alive. He's he's alive. He's breathing. He he's, said he wished right Boromir was alive instead of him. And then he burns himself alive and. Or he gets burnt, and he just runs. What a glorious death he had, though. Yeah, <laughs> right. Runs right off the top into this massive horde, probably two hundred stories. Right, just see you later. He probably took out. He probably took out a um a couple a, chunk of them. a couple orcs. Yeah, he could have taken out a chunk, no doubt. No um, doubt. So I'm not scared of spiders, but uh, Shelob is a scary spider. If you have any fear of spiders, that's the worst spider scene in all of cinematic history. Easily. Easily a very bad spider. Dude, that yeah. was like, that was making me like, well, I was, oh, I was feeling uncomfortable. Like, I was like, wanted to get out from under my blanket, dude. It was like, I was feeling trapped and it was mm -hmm. terrifying. Mm -hmm. Just wrapping you up like that, sinking its little butt stinger in you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's just like a little, <laughs> yeah. That's like a warrior just... move. Yeah, it's super Smash Bros. He comes down, just drops the fart. <laughs> It's a, yeah, it's a freaking Bowser Jr. with a little bomb, right? Just yes. You know, bing, bomb. <laughs> yeah, his is more of a soft one. He goes bing, and he goes bing. This one's more of a yeah. right. He plops. That's a that's a Wario move. You come down with she brings down the hammer. Um, brings down the hammer. So then we're kind of towards the battle. I don't know her name, um, but the uh, niece or whatever of Rohan, the king of Rohan. She has oh, yes. an all time girl boss moment. Um, when she kills the Nazgul, swipes off, swipes off, beheads, dope one-liner, dope one-liner. Yes. So she beheads the thing, the dragon thing. And then he's like, no man can kill me. And she takes off her helmet. All time girl boss moment. I am no man. And then fucking kills him. Right. See, now that's tasteful. You know, yes. what's not tasteful. Avengers Endgame when all 13 women squat up is this kind of Power Ranger feminism thing and in the back of the plane, I don't give a damn about your bad reputation. And they're just punching kids around, right? I mean, that, that was tasteful, though. And that was yeah. back in 2003, right? No, I absolutely... That's why I wrote all-time girl boss moment. Like, I was like, yes, that's how you do it. You don't just make a girl the main hero and tell this story that would usually be for a guy because that's how you get it. That's not yeah. That's not empowering at all. And you're right. That Avengers scene does suck for that exact reason. Uh, I don't give a damn about you. We, we love women. No, but... It, there's Shout out like... Mrs. Arsenal. <laughs> um, 
So I love the callback um, of Legolas and Gimli counting how many people they killed. Uh, they did it in two towers. They did it again in this sequence. It's and and I had a problem with it in two towers, and then in Return of the King, it aged on me. I love the plot armor with all of these heroes because in this story, they're such heroes, right? They're not like the common man. Like these guys are heroes, and I love mm-hmm. that they don't die and can do crazy shit. Mm-hmm. So like that, it doesn't feel so real. Doesn't bother me as much anymore. Mm-mm. Absolutely not. You know, you know what? I'll just come out and say it. those two guys just love to kill people. Yeah. Just, they just love where orcs. everything's burning orcs. Sorry. Mutated elves. You know, everything's burning around them. Everybody's dying. 22, 23, 24. Right. You got the no, Gimli voice down. Them. Yeah. They're having fun. They're having fun. Yeah. Gotta and respect it. And, and the next note I wrote is Legolas is a superhero. When he climbs the elephant, elephante, whatever they call it, that's an all time superhero move. Yeah, and I was the thing, holds on to him, piping people down, drops an elephant, goes into another elephant. Pretty cool. I was for it. Um, and, like, also noting, like, they were counting how many people they were killed, but, like, later when they thought they were going to die, like, they kind of had some serious moments, and it really showed, like, I felt, I thought a lot of people were going to die. I thought there was going to be a lot of sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Um, towards the end, I wrote, is Sam the real hero of the story? And you know, at first I was going to like talk about this, but I watched a YouTube video, simple take. Someone just said they're all heroes. And like, that's when I just wanted to wash that away. They, they are all, they all, uh, they all have done their part. Right. And correct. it starts small. Uh, Pippin and Mary get lost, end up weaponizing an army of trees. Right. Then the other one saves Faramir and gets, burns the King. The other one's riding into battle and taking down elephants yeah. and saves the niece. Like yeah. they, they all play their part. Sam Ganji, Ganji keeps Frodo going. Frodo obviously throws the ring into the fire. Right. I mean, yeah. they all did a small part that ended up being massive. The whole fellowship did their job, right? They all met at that moment and all did their job. So, you know, at, to what you said earlier, probably doesn't to suffer the hobbits to go back to the rest of the world. You're like LeBron on the dream team or Michael Jordan. And the second you get to the Shire, everyone's like, where the hell have you been? Uh, you owe us three months rent on your flat. <laughs> like, what have you been up to? And we, yeah. we went across the world and killed orcs and I rode a dragon and we rode alive trees. And they're looking at you. Get him into the psych ward. I mean, these guys took some ayahuasca, Aaron Rodgers style. <laughs> yeah. They're back here talking about dragons and weaponized tree things yeah. and goblins and witches and wizards. You know, that's 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 when the women start. They start whispering. They start gossiping that they went on a the the hobbits went on a retreat and did some spiritual medicine. Right. You know? They were they were in an orgy all with each other on ayahuasca Correct. is what the rest of the town is what the rest of the Shire No, rumors think. spread quick. Um rumors spread quick. But I do want to note the Hobbits got their moment on top of Mir's Tirith Mir's Tirith. Minas Tirith. And everyone bows or takes a knee to them and Aragon's like, you do not bow to me. Yeah. And, and, and he's and, the rightful kick right that's power dude. That's yeah. he's like you're always welcome here. And that's an all-time, like, pretty clear idea. Like, the little man can do anything. Like, you're never too small to be the hero, blah, blah, blah. And those guys were. And and Mary and Pip really came into their own in these last two, last half of Two Towers in this movie. They really, mm-hmm. really um, had their moments. Totally. Uh, this was this was a live one for sure. I So, like I said, I thought Frodo was going to die the whole time. I thought he was going to jump into the fire. Did I mean, he did end up dying for what it's worth. Frodo? 
Oh yeah, yeah. like he, yes. they get on the you know what I mean. He's you're man. right. He, he didn't sacrifice it that way, but I mean he did die. Yes, they're all going to die, um, which I need to ask you about. But so when he was on the rock with Sam and he's like, remember in the Shire, I'm like, he's going to die a happy man. He did it. And then I just wrote Gandalf on a motherfucking Eagle. I mean, Gandalf on a motherfucking Eagle. Right. Just when you thought the old bastard couldn't do anymore. Um, So that as far as I know, that's the most widely discussed continuity error in the movies is why couldn't they have just ridden rode the Eagles and just dropped like, do a little drive-by shooting, right? A quick Hiroshima atom bomb, fly over Mount Doom, drop in the ring, it's over, uh, right? Like, can they come in at the end and they do it? Why couldn't they have done that the whole time, right? And that's where you get, you know, a lot of people debate, well, everybody was busy fighting that army in the front and that's where all the dragons were so nobody saw the eagles. If they were to just ride the eagles in there, you know, just doing it at the start, they would have just been picked off and murdered. Sure. So it's, it's like, whatever. And then over the course of the movies, I... I don't know if they showed a lot in the these editions. I know they do a little in the extended. Every once in a while, you see Gandalf and a little fluttery bird will fly onto his hand and then like an eagle comes and save the day. So when he jumps off Saruman's tower, when you find out how he escapes, yeah. an eagle came, he jumped on and he rode out, right? Like gotcha. for some reason he can summon him, right? Good, evil, gotcha. dragons, eagles, and yeah. for whatever reason, it, right? It, it didn't bother me by any means. I actually thought it was fucking cool. Because yeah, I, oh, sure. I've gotten over like the nerdy, like maybe that's not realistic shit. Because uh, mm-hmm. which Game of Thrones has kind of burnt into my head, mm-hmm. and I started to really appreciate Legolas climbing an elephant, and yeah, I, I started to appreciate it a little more. These things, so like Gandalf yeah. on a motherfucking eagle. You're I thought like, I thought they were going to die. Like I believed. Usually, when I watch movies like that, like the hero's going to live. I thought they were going to die. I, really I don't think he was on the actual eagle, though. Right? Oh, he, was he was in on, that battle. Oh, he no, was he was on, Gandalf was on the motherfucking eagle. Was he on the eagle? Oh, he was on the eagle. Oh, you know what would have been greater, too, if he was smoking a pipe, right? They're playing... Get on, boys! Like, we're, we're, we're blowing this popsicle stand, you know? I love the subtle mentions of, like, the pipe and smoke, and it's like Mary and Pip. One of them is like, you smoke too much, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's like, your, your head's too foggy, brother. Um, so that was my last note, uh, but the ending of the movie, like, so he finishes or adds to Bilbo's story, leaves a little bit for Sam to write his own story in the Shire, um, and then Frodo moves on to to die, basically, in mm-hmm. heaven. Um, and, like, we saw it, they gave it clear indications that, like, you can't go back to regular life after what just happened. And especially after carrying the burden of the weight of the ring, um, it demented his mind. And he can totally, he, he was strong, but like, you can't go to a pub after that. No, you you're not, you're not, you're not drinking a beer and singing jolly good songs. I mean, you're, you're going home and you're ripping off your toenails. Yeah. So you know, you're, you're smearing shit on the wall. <laughs> you know, Sam, Mary and Pip got to live a regular life, but, and, and Frodo knew that. I think in like the fellowship, there was a moment where like, no matter what happens, I'm probably going to die after this. Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. Putting... Like it, it hits him after a little bit. The Nazgul are chasing him. He's like, oh, shit. This isn't – we're not just going one town over and dropping off some potatoes. You know, I'm going I'm, I'm going to Saddam Hussein's Iraq, right? And like that's what he's doing. He didn't deserve that burden, but he held it strong. And also, I did want to note – so I've been noticing, like, the comparisons of Game of Thrones, but when Frodo put the ring on – and then Gollum comes out of nowhere. 
I was like, together. You know, in Harry Potter, when he goes, together, Tom. Like, yeah. like just how we started, and they, like, dive off, and they start morphing into each other. I thought yeah. him and Gollum were going down together, um, but Frodo hangs on. So it was, like, the parallels, but he ended yeah. up holding on. For sure, for sure. Um, um, that's about it for me. I just have to bring it up. How, I mean, how great How great is that battle? And, yeah. Uh, and the pretext, too, right? They're in the old city. That's the city that they were in, in the two towers where they're yes. fighting across the lake. Yes. They're doing a little nighttime beach landing. The city, they're running through the streets. Everyone's getting killed. I thought that was cool. But, I mean, up until that, I mean, I can't think of an on-screen battle like that to this day that feels so massive and practically done Correct. as that battle that lasted probably 45 minutes of the film. Right. Was, I mean, it was crazy. everything that battle of Winterfell wanted to be the whole time felt like the end of the world. Every minute felt like they were fully decimated. And then something new happened. That wasn't a bailout. That wasn't uh, you know, something random. It felt all earned, but at any moment, it felt like they were sacrificing everything they had, and they were all about to die. Right. It got it got bleaker and bleaker. You go yes. from eh, they got a pretty big, and in the extended edition, they hold them off a little bit longer before that huge battering ram. Not doorbeater comes in. That's what's called battering ram. Thank where you, you yeah. sit here, you sit here, you think they have hope, and then they get fucked again. Right. Like they're outside of the wall, huge walls. They're knocking down the siege towers. They're killing everybody. The arrows are flying. They're shooting the catapults. Then the dragons come in and take the catapults. You're like, ooh, that sucks, but they're still holding them. Then the big door beater comes down, and you're like, they're not going to be able to hold the walls. Then massive swinging trolls come in and just start stomping on everybody, and there's just no way yeah. to win, right? It, get, it got dark. Then the king goes insane. It gets darker and darker and darker, and, and then the day is saved. And even Gandalf was losing hope, right? Like he, at a moment, was like, and he's been the most hopeful person this whole time. The whole time, the whole time, right? He's sitting there and he goes, "All right, dude, to the last sword, right? You know, we're we're going down. We are going down." Yeah. So I thought that like sort of sacrifice and holding on to that final bit of hope because like mm -hmm. every one of the speeches before they went into battle from uh, Aragon's and the King of Rohan's speech, they were all awesome. I mean, the King of Rohan, they were all chanting death, right? Like they yeah. were all prepared to die, and it it all felt earned in this movie. Like all felt real and like yeah scary totally sacrifice um well yes fans of what are you watching that was the lord of the rings trilogy brought to you by the consumer and uh the wine man great tale great story cemented in cinema history until the earth explodes my guess would be yeah um i mean just a fantastic tale shout out J.R.R. tolkien right i mean just creating this world in his head what what a story cast was great music was great story was great the scale, I mean, it just, yeah. for whatever reason, those three movies, they, they worked and it didn't feel too cheesy or too over. They mix seriousness and comedy and everything all together. And it's a great story. It's a great tale. Yeah. This is the, this is the steady base of a good trilogy or of a good, um, not science fiction. What are these called? Fantasy. Me out here. F fantasy. Yeah. Like this is the steady, this is the standard. This is what you need to do. They balanced everything. They did mm -hmm. everything right, and you named it all. I was like, I was really impressed. This, the first two, I was like, Lord of the Rings are good. Don't get it. Don't get the hype. Yeah. After seeing the third, really brings it all in as one for me, and I get yeah. it. And I get like, it. 
it's one massive film. They just came out so quickly, right? It's one massive tale. Yeah. And special. Shot, I don't know if I mentioned this in the last pod either, but uh, Peter Jackson tried to make it his mission to get as much of the crew into the film as extras and, you know, one line people uh-huh. in return of the King. So, you know, if you get a chance to watch a YouTube video or the fans, it's pretty cool, right? Like one by one, each day of shooting, they'll bring in, this camera guy and that producer and this costume, you know, the girls that did the makeup for hours and hours and hours and got him souped up. You know, they did, they got the makeup done to him for four hours just for a quick little shoot. So, you know, they're like, we get to go back after this four year adventure nonstop that we were on. They go, that's me right there. You know, I'm, I'm that pirate, you know, I'm, I'm the guy that gets shot right there. So respect, right. I mean, that's a, yeah. I feel like that's a, that's a movie creator, a movie maker that gets it right. I mean, that's this an is no touch. easy feat, right? He's like, this is an all-time. This is this is intense, right? We slaved away. Let's get let's get my people in there. You know, no, that's let's, a huge. Let's, let's get them on there. It's a huge undertaking. I assume they all were like in New Zealand, and they were in like crazy landscapes. Uh, they weren't like in studios, clearly. Uh, right. So, P- people talk about people talk about Cortez coming over and killing the Aztecs. I mean, Peter Jackson just brought Lord of the Rings to New Zealand. They took over. You know, they were their own town. Oh, what are you doing today? You going out drinking? We're going over to the Lord of the Rings town for the night. We're drinking with all the crew, you know. Yeah, trying trying to find Vigo Mortensen. Trying to find Vigo. Where's Vigo? You know where is yeah. he? Um, all right, so yeah, that's it. We're moving on. But I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thought it was a great trilogy. Best yep. movie by far. Uh, final one, Return of the King. Love it. Um, we will figure out what we're doing next. We don't know. Um, yep. That's for us to decide. But right now, we'll do what are we watching? What are we watching? Should I go first? You want to go first? No, you can go because I don't think I'll I got go. much. Okay. Um, I currently just started the show 1899 on Netflix. Just came out. Pretty good ratings. Uh, 80 on 80% on IMDb. 91% of people like this. Sci fi mystery thriller esque show takes place in 1899, if you couldn't guess. Mm. Don't want to spoil a lot, but basically there's this massive ship of people immigrating or visiting the United States, you know, classic Ellis Island kind of thing. They're leaving from England. They're going to the United States and these people are going to start a a new life in the new world. And there's this other boat of immigrants from the same company that went missing six months prior. Nobody knows where it went. Everyone thinks it sank. And basically they get Morse code coordinates. They find the boat and all this supernatural stuff starts happening the compasses are all spinning. People start dying and they kind of have to figure out what's happening. So that's, you know, government conspiracy, alternate dimensions, you know, old folklore. You decide until they tell you what happened, which I don't know what happened yet. So still working on it. Um, Rick and Morty is back after their five week hiatus. So I'm back in the middle of that again. And or season finale on Wednesday. Could not be more hyped for that. And welcome to Rexham. I finally heeded your advice on not being a dumb bitch, as they say earlier in this podcast. Yes. Phenomenal show. I'm, with the World Cup, it's all perfectly timed up. I am a football guy. Uh, Rob McElhaney, Ryan Reynolds, I love you. The good people of Rexham. I love you. I don't think I'm watching anything else right now. I'm going to start the White Lotus. Obviously, I said I was going to go see Knives Out and maybe Black Panther. So we'll see. Cheers. I think I want to start White Lotus, but I'll do it if you do it. I'll do it if you do it. Uh-uh, you go first. <laughs> um, I'm hitting a wall here, but obviously we're here at the end. Um, I completely forget what I was going to say, but what I have watched, um, 
So I got I got duped, right? You know, sometimes you click on Netflix and they give you that top one, and it's this new documentary they have about this really interesting story, mm-hmm. and you click on it and you wa- you're like, I got to find out what happens, and you find out it's four parts, and you got to watch all four parts. That's a duper. That's um, a duper. So I got duped into one of those. It was called Pepsi. Where's my jet? Never heard of it. Yeah, it's well. This is actually it's actually a really interesting story, but it didn't need to be this long. Um, Pepsi made a commercial and they had this thing called Pepsi points and five Pepsi points. You win sunglasses, 20 leather jacket, a hundred, a soccer ball, right? Made them all up, but you get the idea. But then at the end of the commercial was 7 million Pepsi points. You win a Harrier jet. Um, you win a Harrier jet? You win a Harrier jet for 7 million points. Oh shit. Okay. Um, and they found out that you could pay 10 cents for a, or a point. And it's basically this high school kid who has like a really rich friend, um, who's older from hiking and they pay Pepsi $700,000 for a Harrier jet. And Pepsi's like calls up the lawyers, becomes a whole legal battle, blah, blah, blah. Um, I'll make you watch it or look it up. I, uh, I heard there's I YouTube want videos. You tell me. Why I don't you spoil it. Let me spoil it. Yeah. I want you to spo- spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Earmuffs. Yeah. So basically he gets offered at the beginning about a million dollars. He says no. Um, and it really gets through like all the court things and he ends up getting this crazy lawyer who ended up being Stormy, Stormy Daniels' lawyer against Trump. This dude's nuts, oh, and he's on house arrest okay. now. He's on house arrest now. He's in um, Johnny Cochran. Yeah, and this dude, like, they try to do this, like, whole anti-Pepsi campaign, the slander. This dude's all over the news, the kid. He's all he's on doing every press tour. He's trying to make Pepsi look bad, and he ends up going to court, and then Pepsi does all their corporate shit, and they make sure there's no jury, so there's no jury. And then there's no one's allowed, I don't know the word, but like in business when they make people come up and answer questions, somehow Pepsi blocked that as well. So no one answered questions. So we ended up getting nothing. He ended up oh, getting shit. no money. And then at the very end, they show the Pepsi, like um, a marketing creative director guy. And he's like, I originally pitched this to be 700 million points. And they go, I don't like how it reads. They brought it down to 70 million. They're like, I don't like how it reads. They brought it down to 7 million. But, the main idea is that like Pepsi knew what they were doing when they made it 7 million because 7 million is attainable, right? Yeah. You tell your mom, I want Pepsi. Obviously you're not going to get 7 million, but it's not like impossible. Right. Um. So like the thing is like, if it gets to court, does he win? Probably is he gets some money. Oh, if it, any jury, if any jury, everyone's like, yeah, he would have, he would have. You think it. that boy's spanking himself for not taking the million dollar buyout? He did not seem like it. He seems like a very happy man. Didn't get anything. Nothing. Good for him. You know what? That's what I. That's what I aim to be. Everything doesn't need to have a resolution, right? What a story. What it's, a, you, it's went to, you went to impressive. court with Pepsi. You went to court with Pepsi. And, and fuck, the, fuck the big business, though. That's what KJ facts. Boone's talking about. Facts. Screw that corporate lawyer bullshit. Give me a fair trial. Give me a jury. Let that. Let that. Let that get televised. Facts. Down but, with corporate. I will say this. It was good. It was good, but. It could have been two parts it, instead of right. It could hell. It could have been an hour and forty five minutes. It could have been a. It could have been a movie. Yeah, That's, that was a duping. That's I just like that they they didn't overtell anything. They told the intricacies of the story, but I, I could have. It could have been a little cut down. Besides the point. Um, I watched on Apple TV. I watched the greatest beer run ever with Zac mm. Efron, mm-hmm. Russell Crowe, mm. Bill Murray. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is my little my little spiel of the day. Is the movie amazing? No. It's good. It's fine, right? It's like a cool that, story. It's cool that, it's a, it is a great story, and it's based on a true story. Um, but it's like 
I like I need a movie like that once in a while. Everyone's mm-hmm. so there's so many options right nowadays, and everyone's so set. When I say everyone, especially me, looking at reviews, uh, seventy. I don't know, uh, sixty-five. Uh. Right, everyone's itching. Everybody's itching for that blockbuster greatest film you've Correct. ever seen, and every studio's trying to force the greatest movie you've ever seen. Yeah, and and my thing is that there's like. It's like, uh, I haven't watched a movie in so long. I want to make sure I watch the best movie ever, right? And, and that's not how it works. And I loved watching this movie so much because it wasn't the best movie ever. It right, was to good. get on your couch and watch it, you know, good film. Then you go to bed, right? You don't yes. dwell on it too much. You don't You don't go, man, I was disappointed. You popped it on. You watched it. You go, bravo. All right, let's it. brush my teeth. Yes, let's you get it. I didn't need to watch a YouTube video when I was done. I, I watched one interview with the real guy, the story it's based about. Do you know anything about it? I just know that he went to Vietnam to see his friends and was like, they can't get beer here. So I'm just going to run out to the front lines with cases of beer and load yeah. them up and, you know, for morale. Yeah. And, and like, I thought there was Zach Efron's a good actor and I thought there was good parts of the story. So I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I was like, ah, a good, a good movie. That's just, a, it's not a buy. It's not a skip. It's just a rent. Yeah. I'd watch it. A once. Good, and a good horse and a good horse and a good horse. Um, so other than that, I, I can't think of anything that I've watched. For some reason, I think I'm having like a mental mental block with Andor. I don't know what's going on, dude. It's not, I don't know either. It's, it's not really that good. I don't think it's good. It's not that I I know it's good, right? And I know everyone, everyone I trust says it's good. I watched the second episode and I was into it. But like, maybe it's just where I'm at right now. I just can't get hooked on the TV show. No, it's, it's where you're at right now. Absolutely. You're no, you're absolutely. Right I'm not blaming the show, but like, you know, there's times where you're like, I want to rip TV and I want this episode after work and one after dinner. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'll push for three in a night. I'm just not there currently. Okay. It's so startling, I, I want to let okay. you know that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It is I, I mean, shit, man, if you could finish by next week, we could do it. <laughs> That's true. Or when you get back from Prague, right? I mean, maybe I can crank that cool. on the air. Fina- finale's on Wednesday. You know, yeah. it's it's a nice tee up for us to do. Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, yeah, that's it. That's all right. That's I watched Alvin and the Chipmunks at work. Which one? The original. The the live action, right? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought you were talking about the Squeakle or Road Trip. Or... I was, I was, I was, but I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, I like that movie. It's a good yeah, no, it's classic. It's an all-time classic. Dutch oven classic. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's it. That is it for What Are You Watching podcast, hour and 30 minutes. I love how we go long every time now. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to give you a quote, though. Okay. <clears throat> it is not despair, for despair is only for those who see the end beyond all doubt. We do not. J.R.R. Tolkien. Oh, that's, it's funny. I obviously had another quote. I'm not that, I'm not that culture, but I was going to say a very fitting quote for wrapping up Lord of the Rings and the fact that it's J.R.R. Tolkien. That was good on you. That was, that was paying homage to the last three episodes. That was very tasteful. I did my, I finally looked up a quote before our episode. So I'm proud of you. That's a a step in the right direction. That's what happens when you're 30 minutes late. (laughs) That's what happens when you're 30 minutes late. Yeah. You start to, you start to really dig it in. Um, thank you, fans of the podcast. Obviously, we will take all money, um, no refunds that goes into our offshore banking accounts, Swiss bank accounts, Patreon, give it to us, PayPal, Bitcoin, we take it all. No refunds once again. Thank you, Cheddar Squares, for being so loyal. And what was it, gray sweatpants? Yeah, just plain gray sweatpants. Thank you, plain gray sweatpants. 
so comfy were you yesterday you've been an unbelievable sponsor for us thank you to everybody for listening we're going to get better we're going to evolve we're going to get popular we're going to be famous <laughs> and if we don't if we don't we're going to die trying and sometime after we die a little kid's going to stumble upon 400 episodes of this unnamed podcast and we're going to be the most famous dead people to ever live so right waiting for that day i'm going to watch from heaven and as always you can't eat your pudding unless you eat your meat. Yeah, and we're going to get all the royalties when we're dead from the podcast when the kid finds us. So thanks for listening. All the royalties and come to us. No refunds, no checks, uh, PayPal and Patreon. All, all the royalties come to us. Our grand, great, great, great grandkids are going to be are going to be Our estate. Our estate. Thank you. They're going to go to our estate. Uh, thank you, our lawyer that's going to be there. They're going to be in Monaco for the Grand Prix, grand Prix in like <laughs> 203500. Thank you. All right, bye. Thank you.